Okay, turn it a little bit more to the north. Alright. I'm starting to pick up something. How's that? I don't believe it. it. Hey, y'all come look at this. I'm Linlin. I'm Jay Hood. We're from Tishow. We're joining you from lovely Chicago, Illinois right now. Check us out on Tishow.org. Right now you're watching AmateurLogic.tv. <laughs> Man, I told you not to send those guys your monitor. <laughs> I know, but I love those to show guys. I can't wait to see their next episode. Yeah. Man, those guys can fix a monitor. You will never have any trouble out of that one again. <laughs> Tommy, what do you have for us in this episode? I'm going to show you how to take a 6 megapixel digital camera and make a 10 megapixel image with it. Wow. Man, that's cool. <laughs> yeah. I can't wait to see that. Uh, on the website Roundup, we have some cool things, networking tools, and some Ajax code. Yeah. yeah, George and Jim took the active cantana from last episode out for a test ride. Yeah, we had a really great time too testing yeah. it. And we managed to exceed the 300 foot limit of Wi-Fi just a little bit. <laughs> we think you'll enjoy it. In episode three of AmateurLogic.tv, we built an active cantana using a Welch's grape juice can and a Linksys wireless USB uh, device. And today we're going to test it out. It's uh, January the 2nd. It's real windy here in Mississippi today. The temperature is a cool 70 degrees. Yeah, a uh, typical winter day here in Mississippi for all you <laughs> yeah. for folks all you north, snowbirds. north of the Mason-Dixon line. And uh, this is the fun part. We're going to test out the Cantanas, see how they perform, see how far they can pull in a 2.4 gigahertz signal from it. Yeah. Now, we'll look over here at Jim's truck, and you'll notice that he has a small, well, he has several antennas on top of his truck, <laughs> but the one we're interested in is the 2.4 gig antenna. Okay, the 2.4 gigahertz antenna is the antenna in the middle. It's actually the first antenna with any kind of little wire sticking up. The, the antenna in front is uh, can't, I don't even know if you can see it or not. It's yeah, an yeah. XM satellite radio antenna. But the uh, 2.4 gigahertz antenna has a little squiggly in the middle. And uh, it's a magnetic mount. And uh, we're going to be working off of him today because uh, he is external and that makes him easier to hit and everything. It's just easier to check the antenna using him as opposed to having something inside the vehicle. You can't ever really always have the vehicle turn the proper way to hold your laptop up so it can see out the window type deal. 
But uh, this one does have gain, George. This has about a 5.1 dBi gain. And what would a, a normal laptop antenna have? Uh, as opposed to a normal laptop, that's right, which would have about 2.2 dBi of gain. That's if you have one of the cards that slide in the side and has the antenna part that sticks out. Or um, if you have a desktop computer with a little antenna that screws on to the back of it. Now, do you got any idea what a standard laptop with built-in Wi-Fi with the gain on that antenna Actually, might be? Uh, that's a very, very good question. They, uh, they originally started those out at 2.2 dBi gain, but that's been a while. Uh, I think now some of the newer laptops do have higher gain antennas built in, and many of them are uh, built in different places uh, along the rear, and in fact, uh, beginning to see those in the LCDs now. We're sitting in the parking lot right beside Jim's truck with the HP notebook out on the hood, and we're seeing signal strength peaks off of Jim's truck that approach. Oh, around uh, minus 40 uh, signal to noise. That's good. That's good. We could connect to him real easy. So now Jim's going to get in the truck and drive across the parking lot and see what happens. Okay, you're running. Oops, I went to sleep. You're running uh, around 60 dB right now. Let me turn the camera around here so we can see where you are, maybe. Yeah, Roger that. I'm just going to park here for a minute. So how many uh, feet would you say we are? About 300 feet? Yeah, that's, uh, I'd say 300 feet, give or take uh, uh, 25, 50 feet at the most. Yeah, I'd say it's a good 300 feet. Okay, and I've got pretty much a steady uh, about 60 dB reading on you. So we could probably connect at this distance, wouldn't you say? Oh yeah, absolutely. Let's plug in the cantina and see how you pick up. Oh, Roger. Yeah, QSL. I'm standing by. I dropped the background noise. George might not appreciate that bluegrass being in the clip. Nah, looks like 50 is going to be about the most I can pull out of you right there. Minus 50 dB. Oh, wait a minute. Minus 50 as opposed to, what was it, barefoot? Minus 60, that's correct. All right, um, I have concerns about our long distance shot, but I guess we tried. Well, that's another, you gotta think about it, that's another 10 dB over what it was, and that's, uh, that's, a, that's triple the signal strength. Okay, I'm gonna head down to the jetty. Jim is headed to the fishing jetty, which you can see is right kind of behind that tree right there. And that's not him there, that's someone else right now. Anyway, relative to our position, I don't know how many feet that is, but that's a pretty good distance. So I am exiting the park proper that we have been in. Had a really big open parking lot. It was good for testing. 
purposes. Flat, level. We could shoot straight across at each other. Now, however, it's going to be a little bit different. This area surrounds a lake. And the park is adjacent to the lake. I am now going into a marina area where boats are launched, which is obviously adjacent to the lake. And there is a jetty that runs out adjacent to the boat launch ramp that people can drive out on and fish. I would think this is impossible, but I'm still seeing the signal strength here on Hey, QSL. The uh, benefits of a high-gain active cantina. I'm looking back, I can't even see you now. Completely obscured by pine trees. You're starting to uh, rise back up in the signal. I'm going to say you're about 65. Yeah, QSL, that's what I would expect. As we get uh, more and more lined up, probably, if you're still pointed roughly in the same direction, I'm about halfway out the fishing jetty, so you can point more closely at me if you like. And uh, we're getting fewer and fewer things between us, so we're... Uh, uh, closing in on line of sight, as it were. Oh, you're starting to pick up a little. Yeah, we're, we're about to get line of sight. And that's a good thing, too, because <laughs> my battery is just about down on its last leg. You're uh, probably maybe a 60. Maybe a 60. Okay, I'm at the end of the jetty. Okay, and I'm pointing right at you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna call you a 65. So I believe it. At this distance, we could connect with each other. Roger that. So basically, what you're telling me at a minus 65, roughly, we uh, increased our test distance by four times by eyeball guesstimation and we still have the same signal strength as we did before across the parking lot with nothing but your internal antenna. That seems to be the case. Now see, George didn't really think that we would make this shot, that we'd be able to connect at this distance. But I did. I really did. N5SPE moving out. I am back out on the road that goes around the harbor. And I'm coming up on that first little set of condominiums. Ah, it's a beautiful, sunny, it's actually winter time here in Mississippi, January afternoon. Uh, don't have my thermometer with me, but uh, George said it was about 70 degrees, and my uh, sensibilities tell me that's pretty close. Maybe more like 65, just good long sleeve shirt weather. 
little bump there. Well, got the antenna lined up for the next site. As long as it don't get blown down before you get there. Yeah, it's a pretty good breeze whipping out there. My, uh, let's see, get to where I get around here to where I can see the sailing windsock, and I'll give you my best sailor's guesstimation on how many knots of wind that is. Windsock's almost at a full mast. I'm, I'm going to call it a ten knotter. QSL, get that thing before it goes out. I'm at 34% battery. Should have brought my inverter. Of course, I said, ah, I'm going to need that. Well, I knew I had one in here, and I was thinking I may need it. Man, when I key up this rig, I hear a hum now. <laughs> Well, roger that. Well, you may have to go back to HT. Yes, that's a little better. And what was that? Oh, this is HT. So, what's your QTH? I am uh, right here at the main boat launch at Main Harbor, right over by the boat works, getting on to the little road uh, that goes on around to the pier that my sailboat used to be on. Okay, well, you got a little ways to go. Yeah, I'm seeing a spike on you every now and then. You'll pop in there around. <laughs> Let me grab it again. <laughs> okay, QSL. Well, I didn't know it. This street is closed. They're building new piers around here. Sorry, didn't get all that. Had the windows down and some Harleys right beside me. Say again. Well, I'll just say I don't see you yet, but I am back up and operating. There you are, man. You're kidding. No, no. You just popped in there. Let me get my camera running again. We can't even see, George. Sir, let me get this right. You're down below the levee level now. There's no way I can get a direct sight at you but you just popped on my radar here. Yeah, that's correct. I'm guesstimating the roof of the truck down a good six feet below the top of the levee. Plus, I'm making 65 miles an hour. It's incredible. I must have seen a reflection or something. As you can see looking out the window, <laughs> we've got to be transmitting straight into pure dirt. The levee, in fact. There's no way George can have line of sight to us. Okay, I lied, I stopped. I am uh, all the way across the spillway, just pulled back up onto the spillway. And I decided since I was here, I'd just pull into the fishing boat launch. 
So I'm all the way at the end of the spillway for pointing purposes. I can see the park on the other side. Gotta be at least a mile. Yeah, that's what I'm gonna call it, a mile. Gotta be at least a mile away, straight that way. Straight behind you. Yeah, QSL, a straight in line with where I am. Yeah, I guess so. Okay. Uh, shall I head down the spillway toward the uh, gate control house? N5SPE moving out. Ham radio. Have to give an ID once every 10 minutes to maintain your license. That's in the rules. Back. Yeah, I got I got right straight in with the way you're aiming, so we did make the whole trip. Yeah. Yeah, and it didn't take two antennas. So you're running about a about an 85 all the way on the other side of the spillway across the reservoir here, and we don't know how far that is. So we're going to fire up my GPS and uh, get a position fix and then we'll do so back over at the park and we'll be able to compute that distance we'll do the other test points as well okay you're up to about an 80 now um, yeah so you're going to be a little bit closer to us where you actually do take your mark I can't say how much but a little yeah, the first one will be a good bit closer, in fact. I think the spillway's three miles long, and so I'm coming down halfway. I'm sorry, two miles long, so I'm coming down halfway of it, so I'm coming a, a mile down the spillway. That's not necessarily a mile closer to you, but it's a good bit closer. Okay, I'm pulled up and I'm parked, and I'm on the side of the spillway gate control house or station that's nearest you. So I'm not on the far side. I'm He's the right there under side. that flag. And that did give us a little improvement. I'm going to say we're probably up to about a 77, 76. Hey, pretty good. What on earth is this here? <laughs> That's a cantenna. A can Yeah. There's a little bitty wire in there about that tall. That's the antenna. And I'm pulling up my buddy. That's on the other side of the spillway over there. I figured, are you, is that hand radio? Well, this is really like wireless internet kind of okay. stuff. But uh, yeah, we're, we're ham operators. We're playing with it. 
Now what's the... Well, I'm, I'm typing the signal strengths I'm getting off okay. of the computer right yeah, here so we can tell. Yeah. See, normally this thing would only reach about across the parking lot, but by using this antenna like this, it's, it's got all the way across the spillway there. Just a daggum can and yeah, a Yeah, a grape juice can. Yeah, yeah there's a little uh, electronics in the outdoors there. That little wire in there is the, the actual antenna element. Alright, I was just curious. I could, yeah. I seen that. Are you running radar or what, huh? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good deal. Alright. All right. Enjoy yourself. Yeah. We just had a visit here from the PD wondering what in the heck I was doing. And uh, he thought that was pretty interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. I knew we would attract some attention. Yeah, yeah. Stop. Check it out. But uh, he was okay with it. We'd, we'd probably be able to stretch out this maximum distance, however long it turns out to be. Uh, we could probably double it with the directional on both ends, I'm thinking. I think we could have gone farther than we did. We just don't have enough uh, clear area here. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we uh, we have maximized our clear area. <laughs> we have tested the maximum clear area. See, I told you I'd shoot across there. Yeah, I didn't think it would. Now, I was thinking about shooting all the way across the reservoir, but I guess basically we did. Okay, well, that puts us to a point where I'm not sure what our next move is. I guess I'm going to go ahead and uh, secure it this end. So here's where we've been shooting, across the Ross Barnett Reservoir, and our farthest distance was right through here. That is wrapped on the reservoir, and Jim was right near there a few moments earlier. So that's the spillway. And when Jim stopped to take the reading GPS unit, move away from the antenna. That's where he was. Wow, man, that was amazing. Over three miles, huh? Yeah, yep. actually about 3.1, 3 miles by the GPS. I really wasn't sure we were going to make it. Jim, on the other uh, hand, he thought we might. Yeah. Now, of course, we didn't have the batteries for the GPS that day, so we didn't really know how far it was. No. I was guessing that it was over a mile. But not much. You said around yeah, a mile, yeah. so... We were really surprised when we saw it was three miles. That's right. We went back, got the batteries, measured it all off, and looked at it on USGS map, didn't you? Yeah. I used the USGS maps from uh, Local.Live, Microsoft's so was, great new mapping service. Yeah, it really is. So that's double confirmation yeah. that we were 3.13 miles for yeah. the shot, which is pretty amazing. Yeah, that is amazing. Cantana 2 Omni yeah. antenna. I, I would have yeah. never guessed. 
Now, yeah, I wouldn't have we need either. to tell them about the ad hoc mode. Yeah, you know, um, normally your Wi-Fi gear is infrastructure. Looking, yeah, it's infrastructure mode. It's looking for an access point to connect to. It's not necessarily looking for another computer sitting over there next to it. So you have to put the roamer car or the, the roving vehicle out there in ad hoc mode so that NetStumbler can look and see that guy. Yeah, that yeah. allows it to emulate an access point. Exactly. He's out there ad hoc. Yeah. <laughs> now, we actually had uh, two active antennas. I built the first one over a year ago, and I used an old uh, Linksys uh, WUSB 11. Now, that was an older model than the Cantuna that we built in last episode of AmateurLogic.tv. And yeah. the unfortunately, Windows drivers yeah. wouldn't let it go into, uh, well, there's no ad hoc mode selection when using the Windows driver. So we couldn't test Cantana to Cantana. That's why we were testing Cantana to Omni. Yes. But uh, in the future, we'll, we'll probably be correcting that situation for maybe some more testing, another round of testing. So, Jim, let's have a look at this episode's Website Roundup. Okay. Hi, I'm Jim Burrell for Amateur Logic's Website Roundup. And this time, George, Tommy, and I bring you those tasty morsels, the cream of the crop from the web. Getting right to them, my pick this week is IPTVshows.org. That's right, www.IPTVshows.org. It's one of the most concise, most up-to-date listings of IPTV shows out there. And you can't forget the URL. Go see it. They have RSS feeds and RSS comments feeds and a search bar if you can't find what you're looking for in that alphabetized list down the right-hand side. Just type it in in the search bar and click go and you'll find it. Now, on to the meat for this website roundup with George. He's going to teach you a little bit about some unique home pages and how to set them up. What better way to start out the new year than with a new start page? And Jim, I've got one today you've got to see. It's called ProtoPage and it's a new Web 2.0 service that uses Ajax. I first heard about it on episode 4 of Inside the Net with Amber Mack and Leo Laporte. And they interviewed one of the developers in that podcast and I'd suggest that uh, you listen to it if you'd like to know more. ProtoPage is just great for everyday web surfing. You can put bookmarks, uh, links, RSS news feeds, videos, and almost anything on there and the data is stored on their server so you can access it from anywhere on the net. Uh, you can even allow your friends to view your page if you choose to do so. And we've set up one for you. It's www.protopage.com slash amateurlogic. Now ProtoPage is based in London, England. It makes a great start page. I use it every day throughout the day as I web surf to navigate to my favorite websites. And not only that, there's a built-in RSS news feed reader that allows you to quickly skim through all your favorite news feeds, all in one place, right there on your start page. ProtoPage, uh, being Java-based, uh, Ajax actually, allows you to custom configure your page. You can move your panels around anywhere you like. Uh, there's really, I don't think, any limit to the number of panels you can have here. You can put sticky notes that uh, are there to remind you of things. You can put in quick links that you like to visit every day. And it gives you one uh, quick place. Rather than have icons scattered all over your desktop 
or a favorites menu that drops all the way off the bottom of your computer, ProtoPage makes it simple. It's all right here. You can also uh, put multiple link uh, pages on here. Uh, put them wherever you like, have them pop up. Uh, there's quick search panels here for Google, Yahoo, Dictionary, Encyclopedia, and a lot more. You've just really got to visit ProtoPage to see what I'm talking about. It's so easy to set up. I think everyone will enjoy this free service. Okay, Tommy, reach way back, dig down deep, and pull something out really geek. Hi, I'm Tommy. For Website Roundup this month, I want to tell you about Geobytes.com. Geobytes.com has some pretty interesting free networking tools. Most of you are familiar with what a trace route is and doing a DNS lookup. If you've got an IP address, say from your website log or your, maybe your router log and you want to see where that visitor came from, you can go to the page and type in an IP address and click submit and it'll actually give you geographical information about the site, uh, actually I'm sorry, about the address of where it's located or where it's registered for. This one happens to be in Fort Worth, Texas. Um, there's another tool on here that's really cool, the trace route locator, which is my favorite. You can do a trace route, and I already did one to the geobytes.com site from here, so I'll copy the data from my trace route, paste it into the box on the website, and it'll give me detailed information about all of the hops between here and where I did my trace route. You can click on each address and get uh, a breakdown of each one of those individually. I think you find the geobytes.com site pretty informative. I, I use it pretty often to do lookups on visitors to my site and actually attacks that I have uh, here and there on my router at my home location in my office. You know, give it a try. I think you'll find it pretty interesting. I know I did. Okay, that'll do. I'm sure we'll rewind that one a few times to look at it. Now back to you, George. It's another interesting website roundup, Jim. Good group of sites this time, yeah. Yeah, very interesting. Yeah. And well, now, what everybody's been waiting for, Tommy's going to perform a little bit of digital photography magic. Hi, I'm Tommy. Welcome to another photo tip segment. This time we're going to learn how to take really effective panorama pictures. Panoramas are a good way to show uh, all of the details of a scene in a very wide angle. They're also a good way to, to increase the effective megapixels of your image. If you have a four megapixel camera and you need a, a six or seven megapixel image to make a huge print, you can take two pictures, stitch it together, and you'll end up with a, a file with a lot of resolution in it. This Christmas, I went to a little town nearby called Canton and they have a, a courthouse there that they decorate really beautifully at Christmas time. You may recognize it if you've ever seen the movie A Time to Kill. Anyway, I thought it'd be a good opportunity to shoot some uh, pictures that we could do our panorama segment with. So let's go ahead and, and talk about technique. <clears throat> use a tripod. It is possible to use uh, to do it handheld, but use a tripod. Set the Set the tripod perfectly level and use the tripod to pan across your scene. Pick, pick a spot in your scene that, is, uh, that has a level 
place like the horizon or the top of a building or you know a street or anything that you see that's level because if you don't if you take a picture and it's skewed your software is going to have a really hard time putting that together and making a nice picture for you today we're using photoshop elements version 4 any of the photoshop versions from 1 on up through the current version of 4 will work um, there are some open source uh, software packages to stitch panoramas together with but I'll be honest with you I didn't have very much luck with those they're still a little immature if you ha if you know of a good one drop a be sure to drop a line and let me know we're gonna start a new project a photo merge panorama we'll go and find our images that we're going to use I know these I took two sets of them with two images so I'm going to use the last two here for today Go ahead and accept those and it'll load them up and show you the representation of both images and try to stitch them together if we zoom in a little you see it did a pretty fair job but it didn't quite cut it when it came to to the uh, flagpole and some of the surrounding areas of the picture <clears throat> this is because I used a wide-angle lens it was uh, there's a small courtyard there that I had to take this picture and I couldn't get the entire courthouse in it so I took one of the bottom half and one of the top half. I overlapped about a third of my image. That, that's a good rule to, uh, to remember is your overlap is to, should be about a third of your image. Anyway, this, uh, this software has a pretty neat tool called perspective control. If you turn that on and give it a second, you'll see that it makes an enormous difference. It made our flagpole, uh, it joined our flagpole back together. If we turn on advanced blending, in preview it it actually does our blending if there's a minor exposure variations where your scene comes together it'll actually blend that in really nicely so let's go ahead and accept that and <clears throat> the last thing we're going to have to do to actually you be able to use this image is to crop because when it does the perspective control it kind of skews the sides of the image and we can do a minor crop and take care of that We're going to just crop out the parts that are not straight. Now we still have a piece of flagpole sticking in here, so you could take your clone tool or your rubber stamp tool and actually get that out if you wanted to. As you can see, it's pretty easy to make a nice panorama. The key to it is paying attention to the details when you take your pictures. Always use your camera on manual exposure mode when you can, if your camera supports it. Take your light meter reading off of a middle uh, brightness area of the scene um, and watch those lines, those horizontal lines, so your software can match everything up nicely. Um, if you have variances in your exposure, you're not going to get good results. So anyway, stick to, to manual exposure. It's always the best. I hope you enjoyed this segment for this month. And uh, if you know of any open source alternatives that, uh, that make nice panoramas, drop me an email at uh, tmartin at amateurlogic.tv and I'll see about mentioning it in an upcoming episode. Likewise, if you have any ideas that you'd like to see on our photo tip segments, um, send me an email, the same address, and we'll see what we can't do about getting some of those on here for you. Wow, Tommy, that was a great photo tip. 
Yeah. That really was. I'm impressed. I'm glad you liked it. It's really amazing. That, then the, the cool thing about it is it doesn't really matter how many images you do. You can use 10, 12. It doesn't really matter. And you can make one enormous file out of it. I will, a lot be, of I will be using that. I will, I will actually use that myself. Cool. And you actually did this with Photoshop Elements. Yeah, Photoshop Elements. It's a pretty powerful package and it's very inexpensive. I did try, like I said, in, to uh, find some open source tools for it, but they were the ones that I tried were rough around the edges and they just didn't get good results. So. Even the GIMP. Yeah, there's a GIMP plugin for uh, panoramas, but I didn't have much luck with it. So. Yeah, okay. I have Photoshop Elements for so. Me too. Yeah, a lot of people, a lot of people have it. It's a good, good package for the price. Can't hardly beat it. Well, guys, I hope y'all had as much fun as I did working on episode four. It yeah. was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's always a blast. Especially shooting the Cantano stuff. That was. We had a great day for it. It's good weather. Yeah, the Cantano is incredible, man. I'm going to build one of those for my own use. I like. I really like that. You will like it. <laughs> really works great when my um, cable modem goes down. I just point it right down at my neighbor's house with his DSL, and we're back on the air. We should say that your neighbor knows you and yeah, knows but, you're doing yeah, that, yeah. and it's perfectly legit. Yeah, and he did give me a web key, so it's, <laughs> he knows about it. Oh, well, thank y'all. Yeah, yeah, sure he does. Thanks for watching today. <laughs>